What's up, Hyperfast Agent Nation? On this episode of the show, I am interviewing an amazing entrepreneur. He started his first company at age 29. He has over 18 years of management, consulting, and advisory services for large companies, small companies, mid-sized companies, nonprofits. He's helped them all, and he has written a best-selling book called Don't Be a Stranger to help people learn how to network and connect more. Welcome to the show, Larry Perkins. Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. Glad to have you here today, Larry. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Things are uh, going going well. Another another uh, Zoom <laughs> podcast interview. I'm sure you've you've been doing your fair share of these. You know what's what's one of the biggest lessons you think you've learned during during this Zoom world pandemic uh, lockdown? Uh, you know, uncharted territory that we're in now. Yeah, there's so many, right? I mean, from the from the sublime to the mundane. I mean, the sublime is probably trying to find opportunities and all these weird new things we learn about and trying to figure out ways to pivot how you do business normally. But you know, from the day to day, I don't know. I don't. I feel like I'm much more efficient than I was before because I'm not driving around or flying around certainly as much. So I feel like there's a lot more I can get done in the same amount of time. Uh, particularly in someone who kind of deals with people in, in, in a relationship type business, I can get a lot more done just because, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in one chair most of the day instead of kind of going place to place and being face to face. So I think that's probably the biggest takeaway. Yeah, I think there's a lot we can actually unravel here with what you're an expert in, which is, you know, networking, connecting with people. But yep. before we do that, why don't, why don't you just give uh, give the listeners and viewers out there a quick overview of who you are and how you got to where you are today. Sure thing. So, uh, you know, Larry Perkins, you know, ultimately I identify more as an entrepreneur. I've, I've started and now built up a management consulting company called Sierra Constellation Partners that does, you know, really high-end management consulting for distressed situations. You know, along the way, I started when I was 29, now I'm 42 and, you know, built it up reasonably well along the way. But along the way, I've, I've you know turned into a little bit of a someone who's passionate about relationships and building relationships. You know, there's nothing like necessity to start that when you're starting originally. And I've I've since put a fair amount of study and time into kind of developing this philosophy. So uh, about a month and a half ago or so, I wrote a book or, or finished a book that got released called "Don't Be a Stranger," uh, and it's really about how to mindfully and intentionally kind of build up your relationship base to help your business. Uh, and that's kind of what I do now. This, this is an interesting time, I think, to be releasing that kind of book. I, you know, I, and I don't, I don't know how long you uh, were, were writing it, but I imagine releasing it, you know, a few months into the, uh, yeah. the pandemic. Did you, did you cover kind of what, what you're doing differently now versus pre-COVID? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And, and you're not the first one to have asked that question. I think 
I thought about it a lot, even when we were about to release it. Cause yeah, I, I wrote it right. You know, call it over the, the 18 months prior. And then, you know, you have a book done, you can release it kind of whenever. Uh, and the publishing company and I both sat together and said, you know what, let's just, let's go for it. And I think part of the reason is, you know, at the root of it, relationships are, are about, you know, having people, what I call just having people remember that you're alive for a moment in time. Right. And particularly if you're in a business that, you know, requires someone to remember that you're around to do it in my business, certainly that way in the real estate world, certainly that way, you know, whether you're actually meeting someone face to face or otherwise meeting them over a zoom call, over a text message, over a telephone call, you're still accomplishing the same thing. Uh, and in some ways, similar to my efficiency comment before, you can almost do more of it now because you don't have the same pressures of going to a specific conference or going to a dinner meeting or a cocktail party or anything, other things that we all do in called normal times. So I think in some ways it's more relevant than ever because I think it's pretty easy just to hang out and watch Netflix and not do anything. But I think collectively all our businesses would fail if that happened. So I think now is the time more than anything where you need to be thoughtful about it and, and reach out to people that you haven't talked to for a while to, to get the phone to ring because the phone's not going to ring itself. What What are you recommending to people now differently than before? I, I imagine before you were probably big on like coffee, lunches, meeting, yeah. events, obviously those have been throttled down or eliminated. Yeah. So like, are you teaching people or implementing yeah. a strategy of Zoom meetings or like coffee over Zoom or how, what's, what's it look yeah. like now? In, 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 in general, I kind of like to, I like to meet people where the relationship sits, right? I mean, if it's someone that you were close with before and it was someone you grab a beer with, you know, pre-COVID, you know, I've done virtual cocktails with people. If it's someone that I barely knew at all, you know, maybe I'm sending an email. It, what, I, what I generally say is you kind of want to meet people where the relationship is. You know, you don't want to go get Zoom cocktails if you've never met someone before. You don't want to have, you know, a, I've sent meal kits to people and we have like a dinner together. I mean, that's like a little bit more intimate of an experience than it would be if you're just someone you don't know. But in general, I think the the, the theme is just, doing the same kind of the COVID version of what you were doing before, you know, if getting coffee was with what you would do with someone before a virtual coffee seems like it makes sense. If, you know, just hanging out on email every once in a while and just get, catching someone up on what you're up to or asking what they're up to, you can still do that. It's no different. You know, the lunches get a little bit trickier, but I think there's ways around that. I mean, I think you can say, Hey, I heard about a podcast. I listened to check this thing out. You just kind of relate with someone and get some of the little tidbits that you'd have maybe in a conversation and just get that out over an electronic medium. So I think that's probably what I'm doing more than anything else. What about one to, to few or one to many type situations? Are you doing any like yeah. panels, webinars, uh, educational type of events for your you know, clients or people that yeah. you do business with? How, how are you connecting you know, to, to multiple people at a time so we can really use our time uh, to, to get the most bang for the buck, if you will? Sure. And I'll separate like kind of the day-to-day -day kind of, uh, you know, doing our job part of it. Cause I'm sure just like everyone else, we have zoom calls for business meetings and stuff where you're actively involved in a deal. That's I'm separating that out. Cause I think that's all happening, you know, the way it kind of did before just using zoom. Um, I think as it relates to the networking and marketing and all that kind of stuff, I participated definitely in some panels. I think there is some zoom fatigue, uh, I mean, I've heard this expression that people are kind of zoomed out in some ways. Uh, so I think there's part of it, but 
I think some of the more successful ones I've had is like if there's a particularly close group of people that you may would have like a six or eight person dinner with before. I've definitely done like a cocktail thing with six or eight people. And just like anything else, we're learning along the way, right? I think I think if it's just kind of these awkward silences and pregnant pauses just because everyone's just sitting there like, what do we do now? That's kind of lame. So I haven't been doing those as much. I feel like having some form of a moderated discussion helps a little bit more. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything profound about what's going on in the real estate market or what's going on in the world. It could be what's the coolest new video you saw? What's the, the newest Netflix thing you've seen? Have you read a good book recently? You know, what's the weirdest uh, thing you've seen in a conference call, someone coming in? I mean, it, it can be random things that come up. It's just kind of adapting for the times on that, but definitely participate in some panels. And I've, I'm just kind of lukewarm on that, I think, because I think most people watching panels are a little bit fatigued on them so much. And plus, I mean, you have the ability to see a panel with like Tony Robbins on one side. So yeah, I feel I'm, I'm like a reasonably successful guy, but Tony Robbins is a hell of a lot better than I'm ever going to be. So in a weird way, the world's gotten smaller. So just doing a panel may not be as good as it would have before because, you know, you're getting world-class performers doing panels that you can participate in. So I, I'm kind of personalizing it more and just trying to connect with people on a human level. And that's another thing I've learned is it's a common experience that everyone has right now. Uh, I mean, everyone can talk about something weird that's happened in COVID times, right? Like trying to figure out meal planning all the way through to restaurants that are open. I mean, there's, there's a common experience that people are all doing right now. So I think that's a big part of the conversation you have. I mean, I joke about it when you were on conference calls before everyone would talk about like the weather or what they're going to do this weekend. Now it's kind of like, hmm. you know, what do you, how are you holding up? You know, <laughs> Everything. Okay. What's it like in your neighborhood? So there's like a whole different conversation going on. And I'm just kind of leaning into that right now a little bit more. Yeah. I think it's uh, a lot of interesting stuff there to, to kind of unpack and yeah and, uh, I, I definitely think at first there were people that were like like us for example we jumped on zoom appointments conferences yeah uh, you know, we put on webinars for, for our clients yeah. and all of that and then then i think like you know a couple months in like everybody was doing it and yeah overwhelmed I, I think it there was that fatigue of it like and i'm i'm in some really really good networking groups and some of them are putting out great content right but i just don't want to get on zoom like 6 p.m <laughs> all, you know all the time so I think, yeah I, I think there's a you gotta you gotta make it interesting you gotta bring on like interesting panelists like i'm yeah. i'm jumping on i'm gonna be on one tonight that i, I will attend uh just because they're, they're bringing on a navy seal that yeah. uh, gotcha. I think it's going to have a very interesting story. So I think, I think, think like opportunities like that are, are going to be what you're yeah. going to do to kind of break through the, the noise and, and, and connect. And then I think, I mean, what would you say the, the important things are like, like, let's take a real estate agent. Let's say they put on something for their past clients or, or, mm -hmm. or, or, or buyers and make it interesting. Uh, they get 10, 20 people on there. Like, what's the next step for them to, to really yeah. leverage that? Would you then go out and connect one-on-one -on -one or? Yeah. You, you, what you do you recommend there? Yeah, I think the follow-up is what it's all about. I think you, know, you do these things. It's kind of like what I, I, I talk about in the book, but it's also just from my experience. Like, you go to these networking events, you know, I, I kind of talk about it being a three-step process, when you go to one of these things, you know, it's rarely that you're going to get like a listing 
going into the first event, or in my case, a client, right? I mean, ideally, the first step is they, they kind of want to like you in some some capacity. So you have something to talk about. It's not just a jerk. And you're not trying to be too forceful because um, in every business, there's lots of people who do what I do. There's lots of brokers out in the world. You're trying to find a way that they have to like you at a certain level to want to do business with you. And then I feel like the second step is then they've got to understand, you know, what you do. Um, like, are you, you're a broker, are you a commercial guy? Are you a, a residential guy, are you a multifamily guy? Like what, what, where are you in the middle? Cause I mean, when you're just, whether it's over a zoom thing or at a cocktail party, you know, you say you're a real estate broker and they automatically kind of file you away in their brain, you know, because they got other stuff going on and they're worried about their kid or whatever else is going on. And then the second one is like, okay, well, that, that guy sells homes or that guy sells, you know, multifamily, whatever he's going to do. It's like, okay, I, I know that guy. He's like the multifamily guy. So they've got to file again, you know, file away again. And then the third step is like an opportunity needs to happen. You know, you, you know, if, if someone doesn't have a home to sell, then they can't really call a broker because there's nothing for them to do. So that's where I call it almost like hanging around the net. You just got to stick around a lot. And I think a large part of what I do, and I think a large part of the reason you do these zoom calls and stuff like that is, you know, maybe that, you know, they inherited a house and maybe that they stumbled across an opportunity where they need a broker. You know, a large part of it right now is that you just follow up consistently. So when the thing comes up, you're there, the, the, what I call in the book is uh, strategic serendipity, you know, so you're strategically in the right place at the right time when the need comes up for what you're going to do. I mean, what I do for a living, I work with troubled companies. Most companies aren't troubled, but when you are troubled, I want to be the guy they think about to help them in that case. That's kind of the whole idea. So you're spending your time networking, meeting people, telling them your story, maybe examples of, of what you've done or have done. Right. And, and, they might not, you know, need Larry today, but yeah. if the moment they get in trouble, if, if, if you've, you know, done the job of following up with them, saying yeah. in touch, like you're going to be top of mind when, when they think of who can help me solve this problem my company is having. Right. That's the whole idea. I mean, there's this there's this idea in brain science, and, and Malcolm Gladwell talked about it in a couple of his books. It's this idea. It's called Dunbar's number, right? And what it basically means, and I don't get too too far afield, but the human brain can keep track of roughly like 150 individual things, right, in your head. The, the example they give in the book, which I think is really smart, not not, not my book, his books, is like if you drop like 150 pennies on the ground, you could probably sort out that it's like. 110, 160, somewhere in that range, you just kind of guess at it. But if you drop a thousand, you could say it's a million or you could say it's 500. You, you don't really have the ability to separate that. So th that's pretty extreme. But where I'm going with that is if you think about a regular person, you probably got 3000 people in your address book and your phone, but realistically, you probably hang out and talk with like hundred, 200 of them, somewhere in that number. So what I'm just trying to be is one of the people you remember whenever someone comes up, it's like, hey, do you know a good broker? Hey, do you need to know a good consultant? Chances are, what I used to say, it's whoever I had lunch with last. You know, someone calls, you know a good lawyer. I know a thousand good lawyers, right? But like, I want the guy I'm going to remember is the guy that I probably had lunch with last week or I hung out with or his kids go to my kid's school or something like that. Like, that's what I think about. So the whole idea is trying to be top of mind whenever that comes up. And being top of mind doesn't mean you have to write, you know, a 20 page essay about how great you are. I mean, you could be like, Hey, did you see the Yankee game yesterday? They, they remember you like kind of hacked your way into their brain and they just kind of like, it's like an earworm. They're there. It's like, 
I remember Larry. He's a good dude. I remember he, I need that thing he was doing. It takes me three seconds to do that. And then you just kind of hack your way into the, into the, into their world. Now you can't just do that randomly. You know, you have to be close enough with that person that it's not weird to talk about a Yankee game, but chances are, if you've been doing your job for any period of time, you've got, you know, a bunch of people already in your Rolodex or your, your contact book that you can reach out to who you already know. You don't have to go find a bunch of new people. You probably know all the people you want to deal with already that are probably in your Rolodex. Yeah, I think I've heard that same example with playlists. Like people, you know, can store more and more songs now on your uh, iPhone or streaming or whatever, but there's there's really like 150 to 300 songs that you you listen to and you kind of you may you may rotate 10 you know in and out every so often but it's it's really in that range so uh that's that's you know like the person who's gonna get the most businesses can stay in that top 200 300 list of of the most people Uh, i think one of the ways that you know real estate agents can benefit and, and maximize their chance of doing that is is through some sort of automation CRM. Do you, does the book get into any of, of that? Like how to organize this so that you can maximize your, your reach to people? Yeah. Yes. You know, I mean, I have a love hate relationship with CRM stuff because I mean, I think sometimes there's a lot of data in and not a lot of data coming out. Like I feel like I'm feeding the beast, but it's never actually serving me. That said, we use a CRM. Um, I think especially when you're coordinating amongst different people, I think it really helps. I mean, I think the, uh, the best things I've seen out there are simpler is better. Like, I think if you're having to do a bunch of data entry, anytime you need to do it, uh, you're not going to use it just because it's too much work. I think at the end of it, when I first started, I mean, I just had literally kind of like a list of my contacts and would just sort the ones that I would want to make sure I stayed in touch with. And I mean, everything from just having like a yellow piece of paper next to your desk, you know, just with a check mark to say, to reach out. But the, the key thing for me is that it's not so much what you're talking about is that you're talking, right? I think that's a big part that people overdo. Like if, you, if you're making, you have to write down every note about the conversation, but no deals to talk about is interested in going on vacation to Hawaii next year. Okay. There's no real relevance there. It's just that you, the, the, the fact that you reached out to them is the important part. I actually tried to start a software company. It was like one of my big failures in my life, but trying to start a software company to do it, I just don't know software very well. Because I think there's a huge opportunity for someone to do it. I, just, I think the CRM companies are a little bit more focused on reporting than necessarily helping the people underneath. So I, I've taken it into my own hands and just keep my list of people I want to stay in touch with and, you know, add someone whenever there is someone important on there. But keep it simple, stupid. I think that's the name of the game with this. Hey, hold that thought. Do you want to get 100 tips for free from my best selling real estate book, The Hyper Local, Hyper Fast Real Estate Agent? If you do, go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download 100 tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. What's what's your daily routine look like with this staying in touch, staying top of mind activity like how many people are you calling, texting, email, you know, yeah. jumping on Zoom with? Like, what, is, what does it look like day to day? How should people organize this? Yeah, I, I try. I mean, my, my touch, uh, I call them touch points. That's kind of the metric that I use. And my definition of a touch point is just someone remembers that I'm alive. Like, that's kind of the basics of it. 
when I first started the business, like kind of the, the number that seemed to kind of make things all work is if I was touching, you know, 30 people a week. And it sounds like a lot, but it really isn't, uh, particularly when, when you get going a little bit. Uh, but what I'll typically do is I'll get, you know, I'll probably knock out four or five of them a day. Just, hey, you know, hope you're doing well. And, and again, it, I make it super organic, right? Especially if you know a bunch of people, like most of the people listening to you do. Um, you know, you can think about the conversation you had last time you saw them and what you were talking about. And you're not talking about the deal you're working on or anything else, but it's the the fact that they're, uh, you know, they, they were dealing with the sick in-law. Like, hey, I hope that I hope their your family's okay. Like, it's not that hard to think about. And that two sentences, you know, makes a difference. I mean, there's a example I gave in the book where I was uh, sitting in an airport when we used to go to airports. Uh, I was sitting in an airport and. Uh, you know, trying to watch, like, I think it was, you know, kind of pre-streaming as ubiquitous as it is right now. And like, I was watching The Wire at the time and I ran out of shows to watch and I was like kind of bored. I didn't feel like going to get a beer. I was just kind of like, just sitting there. Um, so I just started kind of going through my contact book and there was a lady that I worked with really against uh, on a case like two years before. And I just fell out of touch with her and I just sent her kind of a random email. Her name was uh, Carol. Say, hey, Carol, long time, no talk. I remember really enjoying working with you. I fell out of touch. Hope you're doing well. Like, I mean, that was it. And she emailed me back in like five minutes and ended up being like a 600 and I think it was a $670,000 fee that we got out of that case because it was a big case, big deal, all that kind of stuff. But it wouldn't have happened if I didn't just kind of randomly reach out. And literally I, I could probably pull up the email it was, Hey, Carol, hope you're doing well. You know, nothing I mean, it took a minute. It was like kind of a, a mindless thing, but that coming out, that was a really successful example of this. And I, I imagine you were not expecting anything out of that email other than yeah. maybe like, hey, good to hear from you, you know, yeah. if if that even, right? So I think I think it's interesting that sometimes some of the biggest, the biggest, you know, gains, if you will, or business, if you will, yeah, comes yeah, yeah. when we do an activity to connect with someone that we have like zero expectation of yeah. anything good happening. Yeah. It's like, it's weird. I don't want to get too like metaphysical, but in some ways, like I think if you're just like trying to help <laughs> people in general and just, you know, kind of reach out to people and I don't know, you're just cool. Like you're not, you're not, uh, there's like, I hate when people are grabby about stuff when they're making the push too hard. Like, I feel like, Hey, I'm just staying in touch because I like staying in touch with you. Like, if something comes like she knows why I'm reaching out, we're not like friends. I would consider her like a buddy, you know, like we were buddies, and that's a, that's okay. And it's it's a distinction I draw that, like, you know, friends in my life where they that's the people if God forbid I ever go to jail, they're gonna bail me out type of thing, you know. And I've got a, a very few number of those, but I've got tons of buddies, like someone I go get a coffee with, someone I'll chit-chat with for a while, and kind of BS with, whatever you want to call it. I think that's what makes business work, and I think it makes it pleasant too. Like I'm there's no pressure. Like they don't need to do anything for me. I don't need to do anything for them. If I could be of help, great. They want to know they come to LA and they want a res restaurant reservation. I could tell them that like, it's nothing big, but I know that they probably don't have 20 people doing what I'm doing, doing that. So I'll be top of mind when that comes up. That's all I'm really looking for. Yeah. I, I, I agree with the, the whole metaphysical, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, philosophy on that. I just, I just feel like, you know, if, if you consistently make an effort to connect with people, stay top of mind, um, you know, and, and and just 
tell them what's going on in your life and in your business like yeah. when the moment comes that they're ready to do business like yeah. you're, you're gonna get a lot of it you're gonna get rewarded but it's it's it seems to work better when you're not expecting it or something for whatever reason i totally agree it, it, it's it's the randomness of it all that at least in my business too i'm, I'm i'd be curious to hear about yours stuff comes from the weirdest places too i mean it could be you know like the dentist had a patient in before and I just stayed in touch with the dentist for whatever reason. And he's like, Hey, I, I know he was talking about needing someone who does what you do. And I put you in touch. I mean, you know, I don't make it a practice to call on dentists like for business development in my world, but just, you know, me staying in touch with a guy, telling him about a bourbon that he may like, you know, whatever, it doesn't really matter. And he'll, he'll remember me at that moment. And I think there's just like a human nature where he's just like, Hey, this guy's being cool. Like I'll be cool back. Like, I think he seems like a, enterprising guy i think he sells real estate or something like yeah why not like we'll give that guy a shot you know i, mean, I think there's some of that that just comes out of just being a decent human being yeah it seems it seems to happen a lot in real estate like the more you stay in touch with people like uh or, or go to parties or events mm-hmm. like you're just top of mind and and, and you'll you'll get referrals when you're not yeah. expecting it and but if you're that guy who's, if you're that guy that's pushing too hard, it just, it stinks. You know, if you're the guy saying, Hey, you know, if you're ever looking to sell your house, give me a jingle. You're like, Oh, like, come on, man. Like, I'm just, I'm just having a drink with my girlfriend. <laughs> like, that's just, I don't want to talk about that right now. You know, like, I know what you do. Like, cool. Like, I don't want, I don't, I don't want it to be like so overt that you're trying to get in my pocket. Um, you know, there's just part of it. That's just, that's maybe that's just me. Right. But I think there's a lot of people that feel that way. It's like, you're you're just staying in touch i know why you're staying in touch and that's cool but it's not it's not being taking that next step where you're being so overt about it that it makes it uncomfortable because then you have to have the person say no like like i'm not looking to sell my house right now it's like you're bringing a negative into the conversation that that you don't want to deal with do you do do something on a on kind of like a mass level either uh email or video or something to to kind of stay in touch with with Every, everybody you know on a, on a regular basis or, or how does that how does yeah, that yeah. i mean for the firm we have you know we have a big you know like email blast program that we send out um but even on that we try and you know i i talk about i've, I've talked about a little bit before but the uh like i i kind of hang out the fact that it's okay to be weird and memorable like i interview a lot of people and where i'm going with this is you know, everyone's got, oh, they went to great schools and they've been terribly accomplished in their career, but I, I love the bottom part of the resume where like, oh, I, I play disc golf and like to make my own pickles or whatever. Like that's the stuff that I want to talk about. So when I send our email blasts, like, of course I highlight the stuff or we highlight the stuff that's interesting about our company and accomplishments and new hires and stuff like that. But the things that we focus on are like, you know, what's the new app of the week on your phone? Like what's a good book recommendation? What's the new cultural event to go to in your community. I think we try and focus on things that people actually want to read about uh, as opposed to necessarily talking about how great you are. I mean, I think Stephen Covey, all these great business books, I mean, people's favorite subject is themselves, you know what I mean? So if you can get something that relates (laughs) to themselves, like they care about that more than, you know, we had like a gadget of the week, like, you know, what's the best new like iPhone charger, like something like that. And people actually, our click-through rates are like, twice what everyone else's are as opposed to saying look at the other turnaround we have or look at this new office whatever those are all important you have to get those things across but at the end of it 
I probably get 20 of those a day. Everyone gets about 20 of those a day. So I'm trying to figure out something that they actually want to read. It's like Christmas cards. Like if you get another Christmas card with a family smiling and everything looks perfect. Cool. Like I get that people want to do that and that's all good. But I love the ones that have like a little personality, like they're dressed up, like they're doing something. And, and I know it takes a little bit of risk to do that, but I always remember those as opposed to like, just like another one of the same thing that everyone else does. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. It's like that, that book, uh, purple cow. I don't know yep. if you've ever read that, but yep, that, yep. It, uh, he talks about, about that, that feature there. And even, even I've, I've seen another, another book uh, just kind of, it's on the Christmas theme, but with gifting, it's called giftology. And oh yeah. They, great book. Yeah. Yeah. They avoid gifts in between. Like, I think it was like Thanksgiving and New Year's because yeah. they say everyone's doing it. Then it, it seems obligatory. So, so just do it at random times throughout the year yeah. and, and you get a, a lot more bang for your buck. Very interesting uh, concept there. Cause you know, do you want that bottle of wine to arrive the week they get 10 of them? Right. Yeah, exactly. Or do you want to go? We get the one in like July, February when they've yeah, had nothing the July, for all winter. Yeah. The July bottle of random wine is way better than the, you know, one of 10 that you have in your office. Same thing with like chocolates. I don't know about you, like Christmas time, you get like 20 boxes of chocolate. Yeah. There's only so much chocolate I can eat, man. Like just give it to me in August. <laughs> now our, our, our uh, office gets so many of them that, that week or two it's, it's, you know, insane. I, I think people have a hard time breaking out of the norm, though. Like, so they're, they're yeah. in this mindset of like, well, everyone's giving a gift for this time. So whoever is going to know if I don't do it. And like, and, and I just don't think that's true, but it's very hard to get out of that. Yeah. Kind of group think around this. Yeah. No, it's conventional thinking. Right. I mean, I think, but I mean, we're all trying to do is stand out. Right. And I don't know. I, 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 work on this stuff a lot because I've definitely been prone to conventional thinking too, still do all the time, but you're like, what's the downside? <laughs> Is anyone going to be like mad that I send something in July or, or I'm a little bit different? Like what's really going to happen if I don't, is someone keeping a list like, well, Larry didn't send him something that month. Like, no, no one's <laughs> doing that. I mean, I think it's just, I don't know. It's, it's so funny how you fall into convention though, but people, I, people do it all the time. It's human nature, but still it's, it's, you have to figure out what the real risk is if you change something. So where where do you think this this, this networking uh, you know practice and and how we do like where do you think it it goes like six months from now a year from now when we're on the other side of the pandemic and like yeah. do, you, do you think we're going to see less zooms and people will be comfortable getting together again for happy hours coffee you know lunch all that or like where where do you think yeah. this? Where do you think this is in a year? Like, what, what, what changes and what goes back to, to pre-COVID? Yeah, I really hope like we kind of mash up like some of it because I, I miss people. I'm sure you do too. Like, I like talking to people. I, I think there is like a, a, I don't want to sound too California, but there's there's kind of an energy of just like meeting with people that I miss. Right, of just sitting across from a table and breaking bread. Like, I think there's something to that. So I, I want that to come back in some capacity. But I think there is going to be, I think we've kind of broken through the the barricade on Zoom. So I think people are going to be a lot more comfortable probably doing a Zoom coffee in their office. Because I mean, for me, at least, as someone who meets people a lot, 
you know, okay, the coffee takes 30 minutes, but then you've got to drive there or walk there or whatever. That takes 30 minutes to get there. You got to go up and down your building, whatever that's going to be. I think that probably won't go back all the way because I think you can accomplish the same thing in between. <clears throat> My sense is it's going to be meeting new people is probably going to look a lot like what you did before. But I think a lot more of the follow-up will probably be virtual would be my sense because it's hard to meet new people virtually unless it's like through just a straight recommendation or referral to somebody else. I think meeting people at a conference or something like that, I think that's really hard in this world right now. So I think that will come back in some capacity. But uh, I think a lot of the day-to-day stuff that, I don't know, if you go to a conference, uh, if you're crazy, you go to a conference once a month. But you know, that's two days. I think the other 29 days will probably look a lot more like now than it did before. That's my, that's just my guess. I, I, I agree. I think, I think, you know, so, some of it will be good. Uh, yeah. Some of the changes will be good and some, some will go back to normal. I think either way, we definitely, because of technology, have the ability to stay more connected in, in ways that yeah. don't require as much time. But I, I do think for new people and uh you know maybe for group group events and whatnot like getting together in person does does have that 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 energy that i think people most people anyway probably like are missing that a little bit if if not a lot so um it it will will be interesting to see though what 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 stays what doesn't how the transition yeah for for sure well I, i think uh I think we, we we're uh, kind of running out of time here but i, I do uh want to conclude with the hyper fast round that we always sure. do with our guests so if yep. you're ready rapid fire ready questions roll. all right what is the biggest piece of advice what's the biggest piece of advice you'd give to a new real estate agent right now go through your phone book, reach out to one person you haven't talked to in six months that you liked and for whatever reason didn't follow up with and see where it goes. That's a good one. Uh, what's the biggest piece of advice you would give to an experienced uh, real estate agent or, or any business owner right now? So someone that's been in the business for you know 10 years or more. Yeah, I would, uh, I, I won't give the same answer for everything, even though it probably is the same answer for everything. But I think what I would do is you know, focus on what you got, right? Because you probably have a really robust network if you've been experienced in doing this for a long time. So don't worry about the people that you're not meeting right now. Worry about the people that you've already met that you haven't followed up with. I think that's the name of the game. Yeah, that's, that's another uh, great tip there. Uh, what's the biggest challenge you've had in business and how did you overcome it? Gosh, uh, I mean, I think the biggest challenge I had was, you know, I started my business at 29, you know, as the youngest guy a long way, uh, by a long way in the industry at the time, um, at least in my position. Uh, I think probably the way, what, what I realized is that there was much more fear driving it than actual like skills. So I think probably the biggest challenge to me was just getting over myself and being uh, afraid to look dumb uh, doing it. Uh, and then just kind of fighting through that. And I think that's probably the biggest challenge is getting out of my own way. All right. What, uh, what would we find you doing when you're not working? Uh, I got, I got more hobbies than time. Um, I, I read a ton, uh, I, but that's kind of boring. Um, what else do I do? I, I started taking hip hop classes, uh, to try and learn how to dance better or at all. Cause I'm a pretty crummy dancer. I try to do that pre COVID. It's kind of hard to do that post 
COVID <laughs> world because you kind of need someone to teach you, especially when you're as bad as I am. But yeah, I kind of want to, uh, that was definitely about the most uncomfortable thing I've done <laughs> in a long, long time to kind of put yourself out there. So trying something new like that was kind of the, probably the biggest thing for me. All right. Last one. Where do you see yourself five years from now? Yeah, I see. I see us continuing to build what's turning into a pretty cool company here and, and uh, taking our business and continuing to evolve it into what we're trying to do. We're starting a whole bunch of different kind of businesses coming off of this, ranging from the book and other stuff. But I think continuing to build, like work the plan that we've got and see if we can continue getting there. All right. Well, thank you so much, Larry, for being on the show. Before we sign off, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find your book and how they can contact you if they're interested in connecting with you. Sure thing. Uh, we have a webpage for the book. It's called don't be a stranger uh, And that's a good way. It has contact info on there. Uh, and then of the socials, I'm the most on LinkedIn um, and Larry Perkins on LinkedIn. And I'm pretty good about following up from there. All right. Well, if you're listening out there, check out the book. Don't be a stranger uh, at don't be a stranger and connect with Larry. Uh, if, if you want to follow up or have more questions with him or for him. Thank you so much, Larry, for being on the show. I, I really enjoyed it today. And, and you offered some great advice on networking and connecting. And I know our listeners and viewers out there will, will get a ton of value. And thank you to everyone for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Dan. Really appreciate it. Great show. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.